I think that was probably the greatest intro I've ever had in my life. Let's just wrap it up and go home. How about that? I'm feeling good. Now, it, it is always an honor to be with you. I love what God is doing here. The Holy Spirit is among us this morning. I love this man, your pastor, Josh, and uh, just the, the man that he is and the way that he's leading strong. How was, how was summer? On, on a scale of one to five, okay, five being awesome, one being, just give me a little rating system, okay, put it up. Oh, I see a six over here, that's good, four. And everybody not raising your, your hand, that must be like a one or two, right? How many of you have started school? You're back to school already. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm hearing some groans in the back. I just reminded you that it's coming. Who starts this week? Okay. It's going to be a good year. Amen? Amen. I want to share just for a few minutes this morning about a topic that I think is really, really important. And the name of this message is a renewed mind. And I want to talk about the importance of our thought life our thinking patterns. When was the last time you paid attention to the thoughts that you think about most often? Because I think it's easy to kind of just, you settle into a way of life where we don't pay a lot of attention to what are we thinking about? When your mind starts to wander, where does it go? When was the last time you really kind of, you took an account of what you think about most often when you're not thinking about what you're thinking about. Where does your mind go? Now, this is so important because the scriptures have a lot to say about our thought life, our thinking. And our thinking affects how we're feeling. Would you agree with that? Our thinking affects our attitude. Our thinking affects what we do and what we don't do, our actions. And so our thinking, there is a battle that's happening over our thought life. I don't want to be overly dramatic, but if you th- would you agree that there is a battle that takes place regarding our, our mind, our thoughts, what we think about, what we choose not to think about? And like I said, the scriptures have so much to say about our our thinking patterns and our thought lives. And one of the the primary themes when it comes to the scriptures and what they have to say about our thinking patterns, one of the primary themes is intentionality. Everybody say intentionality. The scriptures are telling us, be intentional. Be focused about what you allow into your mind and what you don't allow into your mind because there's so much at stake. Look at this verse out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. This is Paul writing. He says, We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That requires intentionality. In order to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ, there are two things that really come to the surface when I see this verse. Number one, again, In order to live and renew our mind, which I'm going to talk more about, we have to be intentional. And number two, this verse shows us that we can have some thoughts that enter our mind that are not in alignment with Christ. I think anybody who's been alive more than five minutes realizes that. That we we all have thoughts that pop into our mind that are not in alignment with Christ. They're not in alignment with 
with the scriptures and the word of God. So what do we do with those thoughts? What do we do? Well, the scriptures say you take it captive and you make it obedient to Christ. Now I want to share a story. This is from when I was 10 years old, and this is one of the scariest moments of my life, especially as a 10-year-old. I was over at my friend's house, and we were playing video games. And it was getting dark, and his parents were gone, so we were home alone. And we were sitting there in his living room playing video games when all of a sudden we heard a sound at the back door. It was some kind of scratching noise, and it got our attention. And the scratching noise turned into a banging at the back door. And the next thing we heard, somebody was trying to open the back sliding door. So as a 10-year-old, my eyes were about the size of bowling balls. I was just scared out of my mind. And my friend said, go get the phone. And I said, I'm not getting the phone. It's by the back door. You're crazy. I'm not going back there. So we were panicked. We didn't know what to do. So we got up and we ran down the hallway and we were hiding in the darkness of his parents' closet. Well, the person went from the back door to the front door. And they were pounding on the front door. And then I could, you could hear them actually trying to force their way in, barge their way in through the front door. And so we're sitting there in his closet just praying. And I think my friend was an atheist, tr- truthfully. I don't think he was a believer. But I heard him praying. God, help the deadbolt lock work. Now, I wasn't the smartest 10-year-old in the world, but I was smart enough to know you don't go and open the door. You don't even go and crack the door a little bit. Because it's common sense. If somebody's trying to force their way in, and you crack the door just a little bit, that thief is not going to be content to stay on the front porch. They're coming in. You don't crack the door. You don't open the door. You keep the door completely closed to the thief. Now think about what Jesus said about Satan in John chapter 10. Jesus said, Satan is a thief who comes only to steal kill, and destroy. He's a thief. His motives are only to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the primary ways that the enemy wants to gain access into your life and into my life is with our thinking, our thoughts, what we allow him to, what what we're going to allow our mind to meditate on, and what we won't. So the enemy to all of us, he's going to come and he's going to be knocking and he's going to be putting thoughts into your mind. And if we begin to kind of entertain those thoughts, if we kind of begin to embrace those thoughts even a little bit, it's a picture of just cracking that door. And the thing about the enemy, the thief, he is not content just to stay on the porch, is he? He wants access. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to cause as much damage as he can. But again, one of the ways he comes and knocks 
is with our, our, our thoughts. And so we have to learn to walk with an awareness of what are we allowing in our mind and what, what are we not going to allow into our mind. Now, some of you might realize, wow, I think, I've, I think not only have I been cracking the door, but I've probably swung that door wide open and I've, allowed, I've, I've, I've allowed a lot of thoughts to take root in my mind. Well, the good news is, the hope is, starting today, you can begin to close that door. You can repent for allowing those thoughts to take root in your mind. And starting today, you can learn to renew your mind. You can learn to begin to take those thoughts captive and set your mind on what is true. Now, it's a process. It takes intentionality. But every one of us can learn to do that. Now, let's look at Romans chapter 12. How do we do that? All right, Paul talks about this idea of renewing the mind. How many of you have heard this concept of renewing the mind? All right, let's look at this passage. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. This is how much power there is in renewing the mind that Paul says, You know what? This is how a person. This is one of the primary ways that a person experiences transformation. It's not just a, a good how-to tip. This is not just the power of positive thinking. But Paul is literally saying, you know, a person will experience absolute transformation by the renewing of the mind. Now think about this. The scriptures say that if we have given our life to Christ, if we have welcomed the presence of the Holy Spirit into our lives, we literally have the mind of Christ. Now, I want that just to settle on you in a fresh way. You have the mind of Christ. That means you can literally think the very thoughts of Christ. Jesus' thoughts can be your thoughts on an everyday basis. That's wild if we really allow the truth of that to, to settle on us. As you're walking from class to class, you can be thinking the thoughts of Christ. As you're driving down academy, you can think the thoughts of Christ. As you're at work, you can think the very thoughts of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. And this is what it means to renew your mind. It means to choose to think the thoughts of Christ. To steer your mind. To keep your mind going in the same direction. To keep your mind in alignment with the thoughts of Christ. Now, I survived the story at 10 years old. And by the way, you know who that was? This is, this is so bad. That was my brother play, playing a joke on us. Yeah, come on, real funny, huh? That was, that was many years ago. I'm still waiting for my moment to get back at him for that. But I survived that harrowing near-death experience in the closet. And so fast forward four years, and I'm 14 years old, and I cannot wait to learn to drive. Because in Kansas, you could get your... Uh, permit at 14. And so I had it circled on my calendar. I could not wait until I was 14 years old. Now, my parents were not about to give me a new Mustang when I was learning how to drive, but they said, okay, Gabe, if you want to learn to drive, you can drive our minivan. It's all yours. Knock yourself out. Now, a lot of my friends were riding bikes, and so I really didn't care. My minivan was better than their Schwinn. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll drive the minivan. 
But here was the problem. I was too short to see over the steering wheel and reach the pedals. Now, I know you have a hard time believing that, seeing how tall I am right now, but that was a real problem at 14. So I had to come up with a solution to this problem. And so I took, <laughs> so I took two phone books, back in the day phone books. How many of you have never seen a phone book? Okay, so you've seen a phone book. So I took two of these big, fat phone books, and then I, then I took a pillow and put the pillow on top of the phone book. This is absolutely true. And I would, I would prop myself up on the phone book and the pillows and barely be able to reach the pillow and see over the steering wheel. Now that's quite a sight, right? Some 14-year-old kid sitting on phone books and a pillow, driving a minivan, but thinking I'm real cool. Hey, ladies, how's that bike treating you? I couldn't see the phone books. I would never let anybody ride with me because then they would see my phone books. But here's what I learned about driving early on. I learned this quickly at 14 years old, that if you take your hands off the steering wheel, the vehicle starts to drift off course. And the vehicle will inevitably end up in the ditch if you don't intentionally steer the vehicle where you want it to go. How many of you have tried that, all right? How many of you have been driving down the road? Oh, okay, better not do that. Yeah, you know you have. It's just the rule of driving. When it comes to driving, again, I learned quickly, you have to be intentional. You have to be focused. You've got to keep your hands on the wheel. You have to steer the vehicle where you want it to go or it's going to end up in the ditch. Now... The same is true with our thinking and our mind. We have to be intentional to steer our thinking where we want it to go. Because if we're not intentional with our thought life, if we're not intentional with our thinking patterns, our thought life is going to begin to drift off course and end up in the ditch. It will happen, it's inevitable. This is why the scriptures have so much to say about hey, steer your mind. Renew your mind. Take every thought captive because if we don't, it'll happen to every single one of us. If we don't renew our mind, we're going to end up in the ditch. We're going to find ourselves fearful, stressed. We're going to find ourselves in a lot of situations that we don't need to be in if we would have just been more intentional again to steer our mind according to the word of God. So what does that look like? All right. How do we do that? How do we keep the door closed to the enemy? How do we not allow the thief to gain access to our thought life? How do we steer our mind along the right path? Well, Romans 8 says, we'll put this verse up here. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Now look at that. This is what the Word of God tells us to do. It says, set your mind on what the Spirit desires. Every single day. When you wake up in the morning, set your mind on what the Spirit desires. What does the Spirit desire? That's what we set our mind on. We fix our mind on those things. And when we, when we do that more and more, we set our mind on the Spirit. You know what we're doing? We're steering our mind. We're keeping our mind out of the ditch. So, what it, so okay, what is that? How do you do that? 
Now, Philippians 4 tells us what to actually think about. Paul tells us in Philippians 4, he says, Finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's what we set our mind on. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, those are the things that we literally set our mind on throughout the day. So I want to give you three really practical ways that you can do this in your daily life. All right, because if we were to end right here, I think some of you might say, yeah, that's, that sounds good. It sounds true, but it may not be that helpful because when you get into your daily life, right, you and I are both bombarded by all of these different thoughts and we're bombarded by all the things coming through all kinds of different channels. So how do we actually do this? How do we apply this on a Wednesday or a Thursday? Okay, number one, set your mind on the Scriptures. This is something that you and I can do anytime we choose. Set your mind on the Scriptures. Now, when I was a brand new Christ follower, I was about your age, I was in college trying to figure this out. And one of the things that I started doing that was incredibly helpful is each week I would find a different verse or a different passage of Scripture and I would write it down and I'd put it in my back pocket and keep it with me. And as I was walking around, as I was living life, as I was at my job or between classes, I would pull out that scripture, I'd pull out those verses, and I would set my mind on it. And the more I started to do that, the more I realized, wow, this scripture is powerful. I was dealing with a lot of anxiety in that time of my life. I was fearful. I was stressed. I... I, uh, was really, really dealing with some anxiety. And so I started to take the Word of God. I took the Scriptures. Again, just small chunks. Because sometimes the whole thing can feel overwhelming. Well, where do I even start? So just start small. Take, take a verse or a passage each week. Write it down. Set your mind on it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Focus on it. That's what I started to do. And I started to experience the power of the Scripture in me my peace started to rise. I started to experience more peace and less anxiety. It's like, wow, this really works. It's amazing. God knows what he's talking about. And so each week I, I would have a different passage. I'd have a different verse. And some people thought I was a little bit crazy. I was working as a country music DJ, and so I wasn't working with a lot of Christ followers. And so they're like, man, what do you keep looking at? What is that? Say, hey, it's the scriptures. They'd look at me a little sideways. But I didn't care. I, I realized I'm going to have to be intentional to set my mind on the word of God. Now, here's a promise that God has given us. If we will do this, if in your daily life, if you will learn more and more how to set your mind on the scriptures, God has made you a promise. The promise comes from Psalm chapter 1. And the promise is, is if you will meditate on God's word, Throughout your day, you are going to be like a tree planted by streams of water. And here's the promise. Whatever you will do will prosper. 
Psalm chapter 1, you can look it up for yourself. I'm not making that up. The person who meditates on the scripture day and night will be like a tree planted by streams of water. They will prosper in whatever they do. It's a promise. The power of setting your mind on the truth of scripture throughout the day. Meditate on the scriptures. Okay, number two, set your mind on God's goodness. This is another very practical thing we can do on a daily basis. As you're going about your day, just set your mind on God's goodness. Begin to find little reasons to praise God and thank God. And I do this sometimes as I'm driving down the road. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to praise God with that kind of view, huh? But as I'm driving down the road, I'll just be looking for reasons to praise God. God, thank you for the mountains. Thank you for the blue sky. And I'll just begin to set my mind on all that is good. And I'll just begin to praise God and thank God. And I'll just begin to go through and find reasons to thank God, even if they're small. But the more we do this, the more you're going to find it's easier to be thankful. It's easier to praise God as you just start small and you start to look for reasons. I'm going to praise God for this. I'm going to praise God for that. We started teaching uh, Avery, who's now eight, but when she was uh, three or four, we started teaching her how to do this. And the way we taught her how to do this is from Psalm 23. David writes, my cup overflows. And so we were teaching Avery, anytime you see something good, anytime you see something that you just want to thank God for, just say, my cup overflows. And so here's this little three-year-old walking around saying, my cup overflows. Look at that. My cup overflows. Look at that. But we were trying to teach her, look for reasons to praise God. Because if we don't look for those reasons, we're going to find a lot of reasons to be fearful, to be stressed, to be anxious. We have to look for things to praise God for. What we look for is what we're going to find. And if you set your mind on that which is good, you're going to become aware more and more of all that's around you on an everyday basis that's good. Your mind is going to be drawn to what the Holy Spirit's doing in your everyday life that maybe you're missing right now. Maybe you're focused. Maybe you're stressed. Maybe there are some things that are really holding your attention. And I believe the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, okay, hold on, push pause on that. I want you to start to become aware of all that's good around you right now. Maybe there are things that you've really been wanting and you've really been hoping for and you're bothered because you're not seeing those things come to pass in your life right now. And I believe the Holy Spirit's saying, okay, let's just push pause right there. Let's start to focus on all that you have right now that is good. And I know that sounds cliche. I get it, but it's powerful and it actually works. When we do this, it works. When we set our mind on the things that are right in front of us today that are good and noble, we're going to find, wow, God, you are so good. God, you're really with me. All right? But that's the part we have to be intentional. We have to choose to look for reasons to praise God each day. All right? And here's the third thing. Set your mind on God's presence. I try to do this, and it's, it's really quite amazing when I do do this well. I'll try to just pause in the middle of the day and clear my mind of all the distractions, clear my mind of the to-do list, clear my mind of everything I got to get done, 
And I'll just set my mind on the reality that God is literally with me in that moment, in that coffee shop, in my car. And I'll just, for a couple minutes, I'll think about nothing besides the presence of God with me in that moment. And here's what will happen. I'll start to become more and more aware of him. And the more I do that, the more I'm recognizing when he starts to speak to me. One of the best ways to learn how to hear the voice of God is to learn to become attentive to his presence. Become aware of him. But again, it takes intentionality. It takes focus. I was sitting at a, a coffee shop recently and it was... There's a lot going on, and it's easy to be distracted. And, but I just, I just paused for a moment, and I started thinking about the profound and mysterious reality that the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that made those mountains, the same Holy Spirit that put each star in the sky, the same Holy Spirit in Genesis 1, it says the Spirit of God hovered above the water of creation. The same Holy Spirit was with me in the coffee shop. And I was, it's just amazing. Now, how often is it for me to be in a coffee shop and be completely oblivious to the Spirit of God? I'm not like a, a monk, right? Who, okay, I am human. I can be distracted just like you. But also I have the choice to be intentional, to set my mind on the reality that, wow, the Holy Spirit is literally with me in this busy coffee shop. And so I was aware of his presence. And here's what he said. You have no idea how much I love you. Now, if I wouldn't have been intentional to set my mind on his presence, I I would have missed that. It was just a reminder from a good friend that you have no idea how much I love you. I was walking in earlier this morning just watching people, you know, get their bagels and their coffee and their donuts. And I was aware of the Holy Spirit. And you know what I heard him say? They have no idea how much I love them. I want to encourage you just to pause right here. Just close your eyes. And I want to invite you to practice exactly what I'm talking about. Just clear your mind of the distractions. Clear your mind of the things that have been stealing your attention, that have been weighing heavy on you. And become aware of the the Holy Spirit with you in this moment. I see him leaning in like he's so excited to meet with you. You're not a face in the crowd to him. He is so eager to meet with you, to spend time with you. His heart longs for intimacy with you as a son and daughter.
So Holy Spirit, we are so aware of your presence in this moment. You are literally here, eager to meet with each man and woman. Words cannot capture your passion for friendship and relationship with your people. Give us ears to hear what you're saying today. And let's just ask him. Again, give him your attention, just like you would a good friend if you were sitting with a friend listening. Give him your full attention. Just ask him, is there anything you want to say to me this morning? What I'm aware of in this moment is that I believe God is highlighting that some of you might feel really confused in this season of your life. You're not sure what to do. You're not sure where to go. And you have this confusion, particularly regarding your future. What I believe the Holy Spirit is highlighting is, take my hand and I'm going to lead you. I will be faithful to lead you. I believe that's what he's saying. I will be faithful to lead you really well. And I'm reminded of a promise in Scripture for you. If you found yourself concerned about your future and uncertain, stressed, and maybe anxious, fearful about what are you going to do with your life, I believe God is highlighting the Scripture from Psalm 32. It's a promise. He says, I will teach you and instruct you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my loving eye upon you. And that's his heart for you. He wants to guide you. He wants to teach you and instruct you in the way that you should go. It's not up to you to figure out on your own what, where you're going to end up. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's reaching out his hand. He says, hey, take my hand. You don't have to know all of the details. But just... Keep in step with me and follow me. I want to pray for peace over you. Would you just open up your hands just like this? I want to pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding, as the Bible says, to literally fill your heart and your mind. So God, thank you so much for each one of these men and women. You love them so much, God. It's true, we don't know. We, we can't comprehend how much you love us. Your love goes beyond anything we can comprehend or understand. But Father, help us all to grow in our understanding of your love. Thank you for the cross. 
thank you because as we look to the cross, we see the picture of perfect love, Christ sacrificed for us. So, Father, help us to grow in our understanding of your love and help us to grow in our confidence in your love. And, Father, I pray for each man and woman that they would be literally filled with your peace this morning, that they would be filled with the peace that surpasses all understanding, that your perfect peace, Christ Jesus, would literally guard their heart and their mind. And, Father, I pray for each man and woman that they would, beginning today, that they would learn to keep the door completely closed to the enemy's thoughts. That they would take thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. That they would renew their mind and set their mind on what is good and true and noble and praiseworthy. Father, may we all, every single day, begin more and more to set our minds on the truth of Scripture. May we look for reasons to praise you. And may we set our mind on the truth of your presence. And as we do that, I'm confident we're going to encounter you in the moments that seem such ordinary, everyday moments. May we have eyes to see you in those moments. In Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen. Amen. All right, we've got some questions, discussion questions that we're going to put up here on the screen. And you have uh, about 15 minutes here. Spend some time at your table discussing these questions, all right? And then we'll come up at the end and and dismiss you. All right. You guys can wrap up those conversations, bring it to a close. Everybody, let's make some noise for Pastor Gabe and thank him for bringing the word, bringing the fire. Hey, real quick before we dismiss, I just have one final thought um, that, that I want to share, and that is regarding the, the moment of silence and stillness that we just took. Um, as we were in that, I think some of us, and maybe even many of us, just ate that up, like loved it, loved being quiet, loved being still. It was it, peace rushed over our souls, the awareness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so some of us just loved it. Others of us, though, I, I would venture to say that that was the most uncomfortable two to three minutes of your entire week. And I want to embrace that tension. I think that's kind of healthy because um, the church and, and the spiritual disciplines of old that the church has been practicing for really thousands of years have centered around this thing that is stillness and the awkwardness that is stillness. Um, And so I want to encourage you guys, even if you're completely out of your skin and uncomfortable with getting quiet and being still, and if it's like nails on a chalkboard where you're just cringing and you're like, I freaking hate this thing. Can I just hop on social media or walk around or yell or something? Um, I want to encourage you, embrace that tension, because often in stillness and in quietness, we find, just as we did this morning, this profound um, presence and awareness of the Holy Spirit. And so this week, I want to challenge you, uh, build that into your times with the Lord, whether that's in the morning, whether that's in the evening, whether that's uh, on the car ride to school or to work, embrace it. Sit in the stillness. Don't feel like you have to check boxes off on your prayer list, but just Embrace being quiet and being still and not doing a thing because in those moments we find uh, a profound sense of the Holy Spirit and uh, his presence with us.
Which leads me to, uh, I, say, I said one point, but I'm a long-winded person, so I'm going to give you a second point, and then we're done. Uh, next week, actually, we are starting a brand new series called The Practice and the Presence. Uh, I'm going to lead us uh, into next week. Uh, I'll be back in the saddle. I've been out of it all summer, but I'm excited uh, to start this series with you guys. And Pastor Gabe, what he spoke on this morning was a perfect segue into it because we're going to be talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit with us, what that looks like, what that means, what do we do with that, and then how we cultivate practically an awareness of the Holy Spirit and his presence with us and the implications that it has on our lives thereof. So um, if you're going to be here, be sure to join us next week for week one of the practice and the presence. Uh, And with that, I am done. Let me pray for you and we'll dismiss. Father, we are so grateful for your word, uh, your streams of living water that flow through your word and that speak to us and that nourish our souls and that feed us. And I pray that we would be people who are marked by not a cute little listening of the word, but Lord, let us be the people who do your word, as James says. Uh, God, let us be doers of the word and not deceiving ourselves, um, you know, just by hearing. But Lord, let us uh, keep in step with your Holy Spirit and practice what we've heard this morning. So this week, would you send us out? Uh, let us be doers. Uh, let us be the people of God who walk into this city and who are salt and who are light and who uh, emit a sweet-smelling fragrance of life uh, as we walk in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ this week. Uh, pray blessings, protection, peace, joy, hope in the Holy Spirit on every single one of these adults. And we give all glory and honor and praise to you for anything good that comes out of our lives this week. In Christ's name, and everybody said, amen and amen.